Welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Give you a message today that the Lord has placed on my heart, having walked through difficult times in my life myself, and I have so for many years. However, sometimes uh, we go through harder times of, of greater misunderstanding and others and sometimes we don't know for sure what god is saying to us and what i want to do is today uh, unveil some things to you that god has unveiled to me and some of the things that i have uh, encountered in my life when things go wrong and sometimes things don't go the way we think they should or we see some uh, things happen or some barriers that maybe get thrown in our path. We see maybe the will of God so clear and plain and the next thing we know what happens is uh, we see these the, the, the will of God and the next thing that happens is there's a barrier that sets there and we're not sure did we hear right or didn't we hear right? Are we going right or are we going wrong? And these kinds of things that bring questionings to I believe everyone that is here, especially if you're a child of God and you want to do what's right in your heart. And so in the middle of this sometimes in the barriers that we face uh, and, and decisions that we come through in life, Sometimes we, we find it just quite difficult to, to know for sure what God is saying. And then God in, uh, showed me that he wants me to go and uh, study the life of Elijah. And so I've been working on this, and this is one message, so the first message on Elijah that I'd like to bring. And I do have a series that I would like to bring you as well. Uh, a series on Elijah, so just be aware of that. So. What I will start out with is, first of all, is the book of Jareth, the brook of Jareth. Now, the brook of Jareth is located uh, somewhat south of the Sea of Galilee. It is north of the brook of um, um, where Jacob was, uh, I just can't think of the name, Jabbok. It's just north of Jabbok, and there's actually three main brooks that flow into the Jordan River. The one furthest north that is seemingly uh, um, uh, fairly big is the one right at the bottom of the de of the Red Sea, or I'm uh, sorry, not Red Sea, the Sea of Galilee. And then this is Jareth, which is down just a little bit further from that. And then we have the Brook of Jabbok further down, and then it's the Dead Sea. So we have these three brooks or three wadis that flow in from Jordan that come from the east, and they flow into the Jordan River. And the one I'm going to speak about today is the Brook of Jareth. Uh, probably people have never heard of the Brook of Jareth, but uh, it is in the Bible. It's quite clearly in the Bible, and, and there is some significance to it. My understanding as I looked at it and studied it, I saw that it was probably the most rugged of all the different brooks, and I've seen uh, the different ones. I've seen, actually passed through this one from the distance. But Jareth was one of the more rugged ones. It was very shallow and very deep. It was like a gorge, and you could easily hide in it. And it was a place where water would rush through extremely fast at times, and then it would dry up really quick. So it was kind of a place that came from the higher mountains, and the water as it came through there was not as gentle like it is down more in some of the other brooks. But this one here was when it rains and rains hard, it was a gully washer that came through here. And it was often that even in the driest times of the year, there was a little bit of water found in this one. So 
I just do a little bit of explaining about that brook, and then we'll, I, will, I want to get started here. <clears throat> uh, to walk as two in one body can be very difficult. Uh, you know, Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Son of Man. And to walk as two persons within one body can be extremely difficult, even if we have the understanding. And there's, there's a battle, I believe, that most people face in their life as they walk in the Spirit, as they want to trust God for their lives, that becomes a mystery to them. And we get it confused, thinking that we as human beings should always be doing this way, but as children of God, we should never have problems with this. And so there is this balance in between as Jesus walked as the Son of God and he walked as the Son of Man. And to have a better understanding of that, I believe God pointed me to Elijah to show and then also to have an understanding of what Jesus went through as the Son of Man and how, how he went through or what he did as the Son of God. Two specific differences, and I think that it is very important for us to see that even though God calls us sons, which we will touch that at a certain part of the message, that it is important for us to see that we don't always walk in the Spirit, but we are always, we have a human element that is with us as sons of men. And yet, through the adoption of Jesus Christ, we are known as the sons of God. And when you take those two and combine them into one body, you can have some difficult situations that sometimes are extremely difficult to understand and most times cannot be understood. And in that, to keep somebody afloat and above water or walking on water sometimes becomes very difficult. And I hope that by the end of this message today, you will have a better understanding of why you sometimes go through what, why you do, or why you sometimes go through the things that you do. All right? If you can separate, now I know there's technical people that would probably say you cannot separate Son of Man and Son of God. You can, but it's described in both elements. He is described as the Son of Man, he even calls himself that, and the Son of God. So there was two of them that walked in one. Now I'm not talking about uh, molecular differences within the human body by way of this modern term where you have these multi-personality characters within a person. That's not what this is. But there is a part of this human body that never gets redeemed. It goes into the grave, and it is flesh and it is bone, and it dies and it goes in the grave, and at the resurrection there will be a glorifying, but as we see that in Jesus Christ there was no blood after he was resurrected from the dead. He only had bones and flesh, but no blood. And so we get a little bit of an understanding perhaps what a truly glorified person really is. Now, Jesus was the Son of God and Jesus was the Son of Man. In Daniel chapter 3, verse 25, and I will go through quite a number of verses today, probably without much explaining, and uh, simply because the verses explain themselves so easily. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25, I'm wanting to just simply point out, even though, and I, <coughs> excuse me, I recognize that perhaps the listening audience will come across this message somewhere in some foreign country having this, the beliefs perhaps of Islam and Muslims. 
And one of the problems that the Muslims do have with Christianity is, or with God, Elohim, is that they do not believe that a God can have sons. Well, I will not necessarily argue that point. However, I would say that a true God can do anything he wants to. A true God that has the ability for everything can have sons, he can have daughters, he can do whatever he wants to. And from the Christian faith, we do believe that God, the supreme God, which is God Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai, and all the different names that come under him, he is God Yahweh, he is God Jehovah, he is God and he is alone God, and I want to declare that in the name of Jesus, that there is no other God like him. And a true God can do anything he wants to do. He can create somebody like God Elohim did. He can do exactly what he wants to do. There is not some things that a real God cannot do. Now there is a lot of things and a lot of gods in this world perhaps that call or entitle gods, but they're dead. They don't live. I'm talking about God Elohim that is still alive. He is well alive and he's on the throne in the heavens somewhere. And when he changes people, he changes them for the good, never for the bad. He puts love in the hearts of those that cannot love. Once they encounter through Jesus Christ a born again experience. And I know most of you here will understand that. But perhaps there's some that do not understand it. Now, in that, I want to read this verse that it, we, we find in the book of Daniel. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, this was Nebuchadnezzar's confession. Nebuchadnezzar, which was not for God, he was anti-God, he had his own beliefs, he, was, he had many different gods, but when he made a declaration, he said, the one that I see as number four in the fire looks like unto the Son of God. Now, you might want to check your Bible. You have the wrong translation if it says the Son of the Gods. And there's a lot of King James Bibles that are out there that come from a different uh, root system where it calls, in this verse it says uh, that the fourth one is like the son of the gods. No, he is like the son of God. So check your King James Bible to make sure it doesn't say that. If it, if it says the son of the gods or a son of the gods, then you need to take your Bible away and get another one. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, we look at this other word again concerning the Son of God. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, look at this, the tempter, the enemy now, comes to Jesus and makes this declaration. And he says it by way of a question mark. He says, If thou be the Son of God, the spiritual one, all right, command that these stones be made bread. Now verse 4 it says, the answer that Jesus gave was, but he answered and said, it is written, man, the earthy one, shall not live by bread only. You see, I see here immediately the trick that Satan brought against Jesus. He said, if you be the son of God, Jesus answered, as a man, I am to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
And I believe that certainly there has been people in my audience today that the enemy has spoken to you and said that if you are a Christian, you should not have done that. If you are a born-again Christian, you should not have that problem. And Jesus answered as a man. And he said, as a man, I am to believe every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You look at the condemnation that many Christians have endured simply because Satan wants to spiritualize you. And in that, he can bring great condemnation on you. He wants to elevate you as if you are such a good person. If you really are the one that you profess to be, you shouldn't have that problem. But Jesus picked up on that immediately and said, man is to believe every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That trick has come upon many of you that listen to me today. You've heard that same thing, that the enemy says, if you have been baptized, if you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you should not be having these kinds of issues. Jesus' response is, man is to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He recognized that he was the son of man as well as the son of God. But he makes a difference here. When the enemy came to accuse him as the son of God, he said, I'm the son of man. Do you hear me? This is a very important foundation that we need to learn in our life. Because you will encounter many times the enemy, and sometimes it's the enemy working through people that will come to you in condemnation. I thought you were a Christian. I thought you should know better than this. The enemy encounters God's children this way to diminish who they really are. But the response that we have back to him is, I as a man am to walk with every word. We hope you've been inspired and changed by today's message. If you wish to listen to today's message or for other audio and video resources from the preaching ministry of Wayne Weaver, please visit ministriesofwayneweaver.com.